0: Welcome to Gathering Ministries podcast. We pray you will enjoy God's presence as you listen. We're talking about what to base this on, and I had two or three different ideas. And finally, one of the um, board members said, you know, I've never really understood the frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Is there any way you can do a a study on that? And I thought, well, you know, that's probably a good idea to do it on that. So um, we're going to talk about the gifts tonight. Now, I don't know how many of you struggle buying Christmas gifts or not. You know, uh, you do? I heard somebody say I do, yeah. Oh, okay. Right, because, you know, you you really need to know the person very well to know what they would like. Now, I'm going to tell you, he's here tonight, and I think I know my husband better than anybody else in this room. (laughs) But I get about 50% of my Christmas gifts wrong. (laughs) I don't know how I do it, but I am convinced he's going to love them, and it doesn't ever work that way. But you know, when you really, really know somebody, then you know the perfect gift to bring them, right? And the more you get to know God, the easier it is going to be for you to bring him a gift. And so tonight we're going to talk about why these gifts are so significant, And the importance of these gifts. But more than that, we're going to talk about how that applies to every one of us. Because if you know Jesus, if you've accepted Christ, say amen. Amen. Okay. Then I have good news for you. You're wise. You have the wisdom of God. That makes you wise. Now, not everybody uses that wisdom, but you have it available to you. So you are considered wise. So you are a wise man or a wise woman. I know some of you are laughing. Thank you, Norma. You never knew there was such a thing as a wise man, did you? But there really is, yes. (laughs) We know of at least a few of them in the Bible, right? She laughed. It wasn't me. So tonight we're going to talk about the gifts, and I want you to see something very significant. In Daniel chapter 5, you don't think about Daniel being part of the Christmas story, but in Daniel chapter 5 it says, The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He said to them, These wise men of Babylon. Now they are the wise men of Babylon, okay? They're the wise men. You've got to keep that in mind, okay? Whoever reads the writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain placed around their neck, and he will be made the third highest in the kingdom. All right? We all know Daniel interpreted the dream, right? So Daniel is now in charge of all the other wise men. Okay? He is now in charge. Now, Why do I say that to you? Because five, six hundred years later there are wise men that go to see Jesus. But how Numbers tells us that there was a star that they were to look for. I put the verse there for you. But how would these wise men know to look for the star? Because Daniel was a godly man, and Daniel knew the scripture. So Daniel, when he became in charge of all of them, he would have taught them the things of God. And you know what's amazing? Is they then would teach their children the things of God. And then they would teach their children the things of God so that when the wise men who are alive when Jesus is born know to look for the star because that's what their parents and grandparents taught them. Boy, if you don't think it's important to teach your kids about the things of God, you are missing a whole lot in what God wants to do in their life. You're missing a whole lot. Listen to me, and listen to me, kids. Right now I'm going to be your mother. God loves you. God has a great plan for you. God wants the very, very best for you. God wants to use you in miraculous, powerful ways. That is the truth of who God is. And if you don't hear that ever again, you've heard it tonight, that God loves every one of us and has a great plan for us. Just suppose, imagine the wise men, when they finally saw the star, they're like, it's true. It's true. What we have been told is true. And one day, we're all going to stand before Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we are going to say, it's true. What we have been told is the truth. And I hope it's a glorious time for all of you and not a horrible time. But listen, every single person is going to stand before Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. Tell it to your children. Tell it to your grandchildren. If you're alive, tell it to your great-grandchildren. Let them know this is what God has for them, so that when God brings it to them, they don't miss it. Oh, that is a time for all of us to say, let's come and worship and adore Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother married, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I started out telling you, you can't bring a gift to somebody that you do not know very well. You know, those white elephant gifts and, you know, bring a gift and we'll play a game. They're hard gifts to pick out, aren't they? Because you have no idea who's going to end up with that gift and if you're really going to like it or not. But the wise men knew who this child was. They knew that this was Jesus, the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. They knew the gifts to bring to this child. And the first one they brought was gold. And they brought gold because they knew that just as Herod had said, he was king of the Jews. And, you know, he came in a manger. There's no way for a king to be born. No way for a king to be born. But he came in a manger. And the wise men said, this is the king who is going to make everything right. Whatever is wrong in your life, There is a king who can make everything right. All is well with my soul, for he is God and in control. I do not know what he has planned, but I do know this. I'm in his hand. You see, when you know that, all is well. So, they said, he's a king. He deserves gold. You see, in the Old Testament, where the Magi would have been trained and told and taught, you didn't take gold to just anybody. Now, You know, a lot of us are are putting a gold ring or a gold bracelet, gold earrings. we got all kinds of gold things on our Christmas list, right? Yeah, but do you know in that time, you didn't bring gold to just anybody. That person had to be a king. They had to be royalty in order to have gold. Now here's a baby in a lowly manger, and now he's in the house with his mother Mary, and yet they know to bring him gold. Listen, he died for every one of us, but he is now the risen king. And he is sitting at the right hand of God right now. And when you pray, you know what Jesus is doing? He's saying, I died for that person. We can answer that prayer. That person is who I died for. They're our child. We can do that. And you know why he has the right to do it? Because he's the king. He is the king. What he says rules. You know, we've got all kinds of problems going on in this world, don't we? We have all kinds of people that think they can solve the problem, don't we? You know what? They can't. I have news for you. They can't. There's only one person that can solve it, and that's Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the king. And they knew it didn't matter where he was born. Didn't matter who his mother and father were. His mother and father were poorer than the poor. It didn't matter. They still knew he was the king. And they brought him gold. Frankincense was used. And it was used during offerings as their worship. And when you brought an offering to the Lord, you were to bring it with frankincense as part of your worship. You know, we worship a lot of things in this world, don't we? I'm going to tell you what. I learned a new term in the last few months, Swifty. Anybody know what a Swifty is? You guys do, don't you? Somebody that's all in, uh, following Taylor Swift. There, I taught you all something, didn't you? Aren't you glad you came tonight? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, how about it? But you know what? How many people are just glued to whatever Taylor Swift does? I'm sorry, but she is a sinner just like the rest of us, and she needs Jesus, right? Amen. Listen, I'm going to tell you this: every sinner has a future, and every saint has a past. We're all the same, okay? Yeah, we get all caught up in and people in people who are. I don't even know what word to use because the words I'm thinking probably wouldn't sound very nice. But, these, but we worship the craziest things, don't we? Oh, man, I know some people that worship money. I know people that worship other people. I know people that are worshiping their home. I know people that worship their kids. You know, we get caught up in in something being so wonderful and loving and all of this, and all of a sudden we lose sight of the one we should really worship. But you know what those wise men did? They walked into that house, and the Bible says we just read it. it. They instantly bowed down and worshipped. You want to know how you get your life on the right track? You want to know how you get your life where God can bless you abundantly? You want to know how you get your life in in a place where you can live with peace and hope and joy and love? Worship God. There's a verse that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all that other stuff will be given to you. C.S. Lewis said something very interesting. Here's what he said. Seek earth, lose heaven and earth. Seek heaven, you get both. You see, we need to stop and really say, are we wise? Are we bringing the gift of worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? So I know a lot of, people call themselves Christians, that really aren't. I have to check myself all the time. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got to keep myself in track, and I have a lot of people around me that make sure I don't get off track. Thank you all very much. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but we should really stop and think about that. Do we worship God? Do we value God? Do we value our relationship with Jesus more than anything else in our life? Boy, that's a tough question, isn't it? That's a tough question, but something every single one of us have to answer. And when you get that answer right, it's amazing how the rest of your life just all of a sudden falls in place. And life is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then myrrh. Myrrh doesn't make any sense to bring somebody for a gift. As a matter of fact, if any of you bring me myrrh for Christmas, I probably won't accept it, okay? (laughs) Myrrh is not something you want to give as a gift. you know why? It's what they use when you die. You know, if you look at John, when Nicodemus and the others were burying Jesus, they brought myrrh, and they coated him in myrrh before they wrapped him up to bury him. It was the spice that they used during death. Now, really? Really? You know, what do you think? You know, Mary probably was thinking, oh, here they come. I'm going to get some pampers, some formula, and maybe even some wipes. I might get, you know, myrrh? Why are you bringing my baby myrrh? Because they knew there was only one person that could die for them. They knew that not only was he the king, and not only did he deserve worship, but he was the only person that would be able to die for their sin. See, here's the amazing thing. When Adam and Eve sinned, God said, okay, the penalty for that's death. But you all know they didn't die instantly. They were still alive. But death came into the culture. And God is a just God. He doesn't change. So somebody is going to have to die for your sin, for my sin. Somebody is going to have to die. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever believes in him won't die, they won't perish, but they'll live forever in heaven with God. How beautiful is that? So here's your choices. You either accept Jesus and the fact that he died for your sin, Or you accept the fact that you are going to die for your sin and live eternity in hell. Now, eternity is a long time. It never ends. Our minds can't even fathom that. But people say to me, a loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. No kidding. I agree with you 100%. As a matter of fact, he's so adamant you don't go to hell that he allowed his son to die a criminal's death so you don't have to. But now I have a million-dollar pen here. But it's not doing any of you any good because you don't have it. And I can walk up and I can say, Paula, would you like this pen? And if she doesn't take it, it's not doing her any good. It's available to her, but until she receives it, it does her absolutely no good. It's available to every single person. But if you don't receive it, it doesn't do you any good. But here we have... A baby in a manger, a baby in a manger, who is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, to be worshipped and is also going to pay the ultimate price for all of us. Is that a beautiful thing? You know what we do with that? We crown him with many crowns. Amen? Amen. Okay, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and the mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Okay. Boy, I'm going to tell you what, people from the time he's been born have been trying to kill him, haven't they? Right. But you know, I know the amazing thing. The wise men brought him enough gold that they could go to Egypt and live for a couple of years. How do you like that? God knew what he was doing. And a lot of you are sitting here and, yeah, this is a difficult time and you're saying, you know what? I've got all this going on right here at Christmas time. I have some good news for you. God has the answer to your problem before you even know you have it. God has the answer to your problem before you even knew you had it. And he provided that gold for them to go to Egypt so that they could be safe. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Right. You see, just at the right time, when we were still sinners, when we were powerless, when we were, yeah, Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And Isaiah tells us something very interesting. It says, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And here's his names. Do you know he's a wonderful counselor? Do you know if you're looking for the star? If you know to look for the star... When the star comes, you're going to hear from God about what you should do in that situation. I know many of us have been in a situation, and we really don't know what we're going to do, and all of a sudden the answer just comes to us. Isn't it amazing how God just does that for us? It's a wonderful counselor. But do you know he's also the mighty God? God. He's the mighty God, and you might be powerless, but I have news for you. You serve a God who has all power. All power. And as long as he is your father, you will never be powerless in this world. A lot of us are saying, I'm, I feel helpless. I feel powerless. What you need to do is stand up and say, oh, no, I don't. I've told you this story many times before, but it bears repeating. There was a a little bear cub walking down the trail, and a huge lion came. And the bear got very, very afraid. And the lion was coming towards him, and the bear thought, okay, I'm going to make my loudest growl I've ever made, and maybe it'll scare him. And the bear got up there, and he went, And the lion kept walking toward him. He said, well, that didn't do anything. I better try it once more. So he took even a deeper breath, and he tried a little bit more, and he went, and the lion kept coming toward him. And just as he was getting ready to do it a third time, the lion stopped. That bear said, huh, look at me. I'm a little cub, and I stopped a line in his tracks. What that little cub didn't know is Mama Bear was standing right behind him. You know, you've got God, mighty God, standing right behind you. You can walk into any situation you have to walk into. And guess what? Give it your best growl. It's not going to matter because God, mighty God, is going to fight your battle for you. Amen? Yes. Yes. Then he's the everlasting father. Have you ever thought about eternity? You know, eternity never ends. All of us are used to time, but eternity knows no time. You get up the next day and it never ends. And the next day, it never ends. We can't even begin to fathom that. (laughs) Everybody here is going to spend that time either with your everlasting Father, who will also be your Father in heaven. Isn't that exciting? Your everlasting father means he's going to be your father forever and ever and ever. And if you've had a wonderful father, you're like, that's great. I'm going to still have an everlasting father. If your father hasn't been very good on this earth, don't worry about it. You've got an everlasting father that loves you, accepts you, and wants to be with you for all of eternity. Yeah, your everlasting father. But you're all going to spend eternity somewhere. The other side of that is not real pleasant because the Bible says man dies and then the judgment. And you will either spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. And it never, ever, ever, ever ends. But God's saying, I did Christmas. I did Christmas. So all of you could be with me, and I can be your everlasting father. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. And if you know that, then you've experienced the Prince of Peace. That brings tremendous peace, doesn't it? Well, he's our He tells us what we need to know. He fights every battle for us. He's going to be there forever. Doesn't that bring all of us peace? Yes. So what's our gift? What is our gift? You know, I... You all know I'm, I'm, I'm real big with Christmas. Christmas is my thing. You know, and... I had a... a a lady said to me in my office one time, well, this was just a, about a year ago, and she said, Oh, I just told all my family, don't bother to get me gifts, save your money. I said, Why? And she said, Well, it's just, it's just Christmas. I said, Just Christmas? I said, Are you kidding me? I said, Number one, why are you teaching your kids to be so selfish? But secondly, it's more than just Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. And of course, of course we're going to celebrate the gift. But what are we going to give? How many of you have the opportunity to give, to just show the love of Jesus every day, some way, some shape, some form? We all do, don't we? Can't we all there's not a single person in this room that doesn't have something they can give. Not a single person in this room. Every single one of you I know has something you can give. If you want to know what it is, see me afterwards, I'll let you know. (laughs) You know, but I know people that have just done nothing but bake cookies. I know one lady, she didn't have any money. Her name was Marie Palmer. One year she didn't have any money, so she just got in her car and she went to every nursing home and sang for them. She had something to give. And we're all sitting here saying, oh, no, it's Christmas. You've all received the greatest gift you can ever receive. If you have Jesus in you, you can't help yourself. You just want to give somebody something. That's how you can tell. The closer you are to God, the more you want to give somebody something. You know it? You just can't wait. But it says, you know what? Let's give a sacrifice of praise. Let's start with that. How many of you, when you don't feel like praising, really want to say, I'm going to praise the Lord? Yeah. You know what? That's a sacrifice of praise. That's a, that's a sacrifice of praise. Because the truth is, there's not anybody in this room that has a single thing to complain about. You really don't. You know, and we love to complain, don't we? It makes us feel good. For some reason, that's the flesh jumping up there and, oh, we can't wait to complain about something. But there, there's nobody in this room that really has anything to complain about. Yeah. You know, Felt bad about how my feet hurt till I saw the man that had no feet. The man that had no feet felt really bad about how his legs hurt till he saw the man that had no legs. You know, it goes on and on and on and on. We all have something to be thankful for. You all have something you can give. And it's interesting, but Jesus said to the people, he said, you know, freely you have received Freely give. That's your gift. That's your gift. Find somebody this Christmas season and give them something. You're going to be shocked. You think you're doing it for them. I've got news for you. Uh Uh-uh. You are doing it for yourself. You'll be shocked at how God just fills you with amazing, amazing peace and excitement and joy when you start acting like Jesus does and giving freely. But tonight I want to close this with all of us giving a praise, regardless of how you feel, regardless of why you're here, if somebody twisted your arm to get you here, or, yeah, Harry, he's looking at me, right? (laughs) or if you couldn't wait to get here, or if whatever your reason for being here, tonight we're going to stand and give a gift of praise to Jesus. How's that? A Christmas hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Amen. Father, I pray tonight that every person in this room would know that You have offered this gift to them, and they will receive Jesus for their salvation. I pray, Father, that no one in this room would spend eternity separated from you in hell. Father, I thank you for that gift. And I'm asking tonight, Father, that you encourage every one of us to Give the gift back to you to raise a hallelujah. I thank you for all you're doing in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune into other broadcasts at Gather in Ministries.